I'm Ryan Pack. And I'm Nicole Barlow. <laughs> and this is Soundcheck Your Life. So today we are joined by Brittany Williams, the reclusive blogger. And so uh, welcome to Soundcheck Your Life, Brittany. Hi. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the reclusive blogger? Um, well, the reclusive blogger, I kind of started um, a little bit ago, and um, I just kind of talk a little bit about music and pop culture and entertainment. And there's lots of concert photography, and I'm based out in L.A., and since that's really a lot of concert photography and lots of music, and yeah, I just kind of do a lot of that on there. And then a lot of interviews on my podcast, it's a lot of interviews with a lot of creatives and musicians and my favorite people. So yeah, just kind of stuff like that. Very cool. And you can check that out at www.reclusiveblogger.com. Yep. So today we are going to talk about the 2015 Lin-Manuel Miranda musical juggernaut Hamilton. So Brittany, why are we talking about Hamilton today? Well, um, first of all, I just, I'm really, really big, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda fangirl. Um, I, anybody doesn't know that. Uh, he's just really amazing at what he does. And I just thought the idea of, like, creating a musical about the founding fathers who are white and then kind of flipping it upside down and um, taking hip-hop and then making that into something that is very well kind of making it for today's world and stuff like that and um that just kind of makes it more easier to grasp i guess for some people and he just kind of made it so where everyone can kind of grasp maybe some of the things that maybe some some of the historical aspects of it and I just thought that that was really, really intriguing. And that kind of led me into his world and so many of the references and, and within the play. And there's a lot of Broadway references and things like that. And so I found that just so exciting and intriguing. And particularly since Broadway itself, um, I think a lot of people maybe have trouble grasping at times. And so, yeah, I think that's, 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 it really and it's just so catchy and hooky and things like that so yeah that's that's pretty much why i chose hamilton i want to raise my hand and say that i'm one of those people that sometimes finds broadway and musicals hard to grasp raising my, raising my hand and hoping that the people that love musicals don't come after me because i feel like that you guys are legion and you're gonna find me on the internet and harass me for about Stephen Sondheim or something. But I got to say, Hamilton, when it came out in 2015, mm -hmm. I feel like it took over the, the public consciousness in a way that most musicals simply don't. It became this whole like really wild, zeitgeisty, huge cultural moment. So, you know, if you're me and not someone that's necessarily a, a musical person, because I'm not, I've still heard a lot of these songs because they are, like you said, so catchy, so hooky. The way that this is executed is something um, really different. I think one of the things that I was reading up on about this is seeing how this apparently took Lynn eight years to write. Yeah. Eight mm -hmm. years? It's intense. It took him, well, I think maybe several years to write one song and then there was uh i'm not i'm, I'm not i, I don't want to like specifically say which songs i i, I don't want to go to my notes right now but um several songs it because like at the end of the disney uh version of it he thanks all the different places that he wrote different songs like a specific train and then there's another song he wrote on um when he was on his honeymoon and stuff because his original idea for Hamilton was not actually going to be a Broadway play. He was mm -hmm. going to do like, um, I think it was like a mixtape or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so things like that, it just kind of blows my mind that 
it took him that long, but you can kind of see within the craft of the lyrics and the songwriting and the specific references and even some of the references have references. And so you can kind of see why it did take eight years for him to write Hamilton. I want to know which one of the songs he wrote on his honeymoon, because can you imagine you're on your oh. honeymoon? And Lynn's like, no, I got to, no, there's some stuff going down right now. I need to I got the out. song about George Washington I got to write. <laughs> it's kind of like how you're supposed I to. Th- I would have to look that song. up because it's blank. I'm blanking out right now, but I would have to look it up right quick. Yeah, you hear this episode if you want to, uh, yeah, correct the record here. Tell us which of the Hamilton songs got written on Lynn's honeymoon. I hope it is the least romantic song in the musical. It would be a lot of them, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully it's not like one of them about him cheating on his wife. No, I think, oh man, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Because I, I, I hate that I blanked out on that. Bring up a fact and then I can't remember half of the fact. <laughs> well, now I have this, I've opened this whole can of worms where I just want to know, like, what founding father was keeping that honeymoon from happening? At one point, I was, like, so desperate for, like, knowledge on these things because it was just so mind-blowing to me. I would, like, binge watch videos of people who knew a lot of the uh, knowledge and references, and I, would, I realized I was staying up on YouTube and it was like 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. And I was like, oh no, I need to go to bed. This is not healthy. Cause it was just so, it was like so fascinating to me. I'm like, how did this this man come up with this and then do things like that? And I'm like, wait a minute, he wrote, wait. And I'm like, how did he get away with writing a song on his honeymoon? And, and. Yeah, that is a real question. Okay. This is a real question. It's weighing on me personally. I do love that this level of obsession, though. I love that um, in 2015 he had everybody like really going down the rabbit hole of American history. <laughs> yeah, I, I think at one point people found like his American U.S. history teacher. I guess that's a. I didn't need to say American U.S. the U.S. history it. teacher from high school. <laughs> Yeah, and they were know. like thanking him for like inspiring Lynn Manuel Miranda, and he was just like, "I was just a history teacher. Like, I am not responsible for him making this musical <laughs> that's blown everyone's yeah, mind." I didn't buy him that book that he did all this from. That wasn't. Yeah, like I taught Alexander Hamilton to hundreds of kids, and he's the only one that wrote a musical that was worth leaving <laughs> my classroom. <laughs> well, you know, you know, because I feel like every like every year in high school there's always it's it's either in chemistry or it's in some class where they're like for my class project i wrote a rap and lin-manuel miranda is probably the only one who's rapping about his like studies that where it's like okay this isn't like just good for a kid like this is something that you can present outside of school I like that we're 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 kind of paralleling it to just a really really great school project, like a, the most kick-ass history project. Well, you know, if if someone were to say like, "Hey, like if I told you, Nicole, I'm gonna just like quit everything and I'm gonna write a musical about, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know, James Madison," you'd be like. No one wants to hear that, right? Yeah, I would be slightly worried for your mental state. I also recently <laughs> watched uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, and I feel like in Muppets Take Manhattan, they have this idea for a show that they want to take for Broadway, and that's like the whole central premise of that Muppet movie, and this is kind of the same way. I feel like he'd be a, like a Muppet going door to door, you know, like, hey, I got this Broadway play. Well, what's your Broadway play about? Well, it's about Alexander Hamilton. It's about who? But what? The guy on the money no we're not doing that <laughs> but but Brittany, let's back up so when did you first hear about hamilton oh man i'm trying to think oh man i think it was oh no okay okay i think my grandma told me about it because she knows that i'm really into history like that's like something that i, I super super into and I just, as a, as a kid, I was the 
the child that was going around and had like an Abraham Lincoln biography that I carried around in my backpack. And I was really into biographies and and uh, historical fiction and things like that. So she was like, as, as, as I got older, I still was really into history and things like that. And so she was like, hey, th- there's some kind of play or something that's supposed to be a really big hit and stuff, you might like it. And then she told me about it, I'm like, okay, I'll go check it out. And then I checked it out and, I, and it just, that's at the time when it was starting to blow up and things like that. And so I um, the, the thing was, I never got to see it on Broadway. And that was the one thing I really wish I got to see. Cause by the time it had blown up, the tickets were like astronomical. So right. I just got, I just did a lot of YouTube videos and I listened to the soundtrack like an insane amount of times. But the thing, but the thing was, I hate it that it blew up so much that a lot of the, <laughs> I'm just going to say this, that a lot of the people that really wanted to see it from the beginning couldn't afford, could, could not afford it. But, you know, things like that happen. But yeah, so I kind of go like way, way, way back and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was um, my grandma telling me about it. You have so a cool you... grandma. Yeah. You a cooler grandma than most people, I think. <laughs> she knew. Or my grandma just knew that, that uh, once a nerd, always a nerd. <laughs> I mean, but this is kind of custom made for people that are really nerdy and obsessive about a particular topic. I feel like that's what this mm-hmm. is. One man's obsession turned into something really brilliant, which is what a lot of great art is, I guess. Yeah. And um, I looked up the uh, song that he wrote on his honeymoon. It was You'll Be Back. So it was the one uh, about the King George. That so was very, King very George unsexy, song. very unsexy. Very unsexy. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, who wants to think about King George? I think I'm going to need the opinion from his wife, but that's the story for a different day. <laughs> Babe, just think I guess of maybe uh, she knew her husband. I guess she's well, like, I'm just gonna go but... over here and write a song. <laughs> yeah, I think I think she knows what comes with the territory of marrying a guy mm-hmm. who wants to write musicals. So, are you are you familiar with In the Heights? Uh, yeah, I'm just more I'm less familiar with In the Heights, but yeah, I am familiar with In the Heights. Yeah, I don't. I am also not as familiar with Into Heights. My, I think my wife saw it. So I think my wife was like very, very excited. Like she never suggested we go to New York to watch it, but she was definitely on the once it gets to L.A., we're going to go watch it. So we got like season tickets for the Pantages just so we could watch that. Yeah, I for in terms of like with Hamilton, I was the person that was like entering the lottery every day to try to get on try to get those lottery tickets but yeah um i did see in the heights the movie so yeah i'm gonna have to watch that i mean given the as you mentioned like astronomical costs associated with going to a broadway show or, or any i guess popular company production of a show like this how do you feel about the disney plus adaptation is that something that you've watched a lot that you've watched once um, I, that's, that's a whole nother story in my family because my mom, I tried to make my, I tried to get my mom and my, uh, my family, actually my entire family to sit down and watch it. They could barely get through it because they didn't realize how long it was. I was watching it every day, sometimes <laughs> several times a day. When I say I'm like, uh, a Hamill nerd or a Hamill stand, it's bad. That's why I wanted to go to the production so bad. But it was, at the time, it was exorbitant. I think the cost was in the thousands. So I think it was more so because it was Hamilton and rather than just like a, a Broadway. Because normally Broadway doesn't get too, too expensive. It was because the demand was extraordinarily high. 
-hmm. for Hamilton, which is really kind of unheard for for um, most Broadway plays because I like a lot of other, um, I just like uh, musicals. So that's another nerdy thing. (laughs) It's more than going to production of Cats. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just. Yeah, I I saw Book of Mormon. I think a couple years after the original cast had left, and that was still pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was another really in demand um, uh, production. uh, Book of Mormon. Yeah, and I feel like that was maybe the last musical that had as much cultural impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't even on the same level as Hamilton. It didn't, but it gave us Josh Gad. Yeah, and uh, Josh Gad in Frozen. And I right. like Frozen. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into some uh, Disney stuff in a little bit, but I mean, we have to. It's for, uh, part of the Mirandaverse. It's no choice. We're in the Mirandaverse going to keep on saying it until people start using it. Um, so let's talk about some of these songs other than the uh, song he wrote on his honeymoon. It is a it is a pretty good mix of like hip hop and like pop music. There are some songs that definitely are just kind of more standard musical sort of numbers. Um, so what are some of your highlights? Do you want to start or who wants, I can start, or because how, how about you start? But you yeah, can't you say us. all of them. Okay. You're <laughs> You are you. I don't know. What's the preferred? What's your preferred uh, nomenclature for people that are really into Hamilton? Are you guys ham ham stands? Um, I oh man, I I like uh the the intro song um is is really really just great um. But my favorite, I really like Wait For It. And I like the Skylar Sisters and, um, oh man, it is, it's so hard to pick. It really is so hard to pick because each song is just so good. And then they all have different references within the songs. And then they all have the, like I said before, the references have references. And I also like Guns and Ships because the, oh my gosh, the rapping in Guns and Ships and how fast Davi Diggs raps in Guns and Ships is just utterly insane. Oh my, I, I literally, I can't. And, and how fast that he is rapping in that is okay. And then also, um, uh, the, Okay, the Ten Dual Commandments. That one mm-hmm. is that one too. But then also Leslie Odom, his singing too, and a lot of his and all of his songs too is incredible. So you can kind of see why a lot a lot of the cast members did win the Tony Awards because, yeah, I mean. It's it's one of those it's one of those musicals that come along kind of like once in a lifetime, and where everything just kind of lines up, and then you have the Alex Lacamoire and his musical uh, accompaniment and directing is just I don't know just everything to me kind of lined up uh kind of lined up perfectly on that, and that I, it's so it's kind of hard for me to like pick a song. But then you also have burn, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It, it's you for have me, to pick it, a song, Brittany. You have to pick one. I know, I know, I know. It's hard. I think it's, it's also hard, it's hard, hard with soundtracks that are like this one. You, they're an entire story, so it's not like you can take mm-hmm. one part of the story out. It's like choosing, you know, a limb or an organ or something. You, you need them all. So I get that. But desert island, you have to take one. Um, let me see. Let me see. I tend to go more for like the the kind of hype songs. So I guess the one I would say I I listen to the most is probably 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 um 
I probably listen to Guns and Chips more because that one is just like I mean, David Diggs <laughs> really killed it, and then he plays two different characters, so. I have to say Davi Diggs, anything with him on it, so I'm going to go with Guns and Chips. That's the one I'm into right now the most. Hmm. Brian, first of all, while you ponder this, have you seen Hamilton live? Twice. Twice. Okay, just getting the numbers straight. So I've seen it in L.A. and Costa Mesa. So for me, like... I went into Hamilton without really listening to any of the songs. So, um, like, I kind of knew what it was about. I knew it was going to have some hip-hop in there. And it really, I think, um, I think Satisfied really blew my mind, where they do the rewind, and then Mm. they do it on the stage, too. Mm -hmm. Um, That was pretty incredible. Like, it, it felt like you were in a music video, but it was, like, live. Um, so yeah, that's incredible. I remember that always stuck with me. Obviously, also with the uh, the ten dual commandments, how they did that. Like I, I guess I'm not a big enough musical person where I realize like how inventive they can be with the stage. Um, that was a huge thing for me. Like you said, with the direction, I was, I, I definitely felt like um, I was constantly like getting my mind blown during the show. Not with just, you know, oh, there's rapping in here, but like just also with how they choreograph things. And it was like circus lay slash rap slash musical. So I'm going to be the one person here that hasn't seen it performed. So I'm so sorry to everyone out there that's going to hate me for this. I haven't seen it performed, but I'm familiar with the music now. And the level of intensity that they keep is it really that high throughout the entire thing? Because it just feels like each moment is this high wire vocal delivery. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, this is so much. Yeah, it, it 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 is pretty high, like high intensity. And I would imagine if seeing it in in person, it's pretty high intensity because it's a it's a lot. And then that's and, and I'm sorry and I'm glad you mentioned that Ryan because like the turntable when I first saw that I thought that was like the most incredible thing ever and then when I was learning about some of the references that even the turntable itself has like a meaning and stuff and I I want to get this correct and I don't want to like get it wrong but I I think there's like a meaning with like when it goes like I think like clockwise it it means something like and then when it goes counterclockwise it also has a meaning too as in like oh man i just saw this i'm getting nervous and stuff like that but i think it when it goes like counterclockwise it means that the that like hamilton and the cast is like fighting fate but when it goes clockwise it means that they are not fighting against fate and things like that and so there's like little, there's all these like references within just the way that the, the turntable goes. And then, and also um, just things like that, that you might miss if you're not, if you don't know about the, the production on of the stage or some of the music references as well. It's just those little things too, that I guess if you, go watch some of the uh watch some videos online or ask people it's just kind of little nerdy things like that that just kind of excite me because it, i always think about like what is going on in like when manuel miranda's mind when he was creating this it's just crazy so nicole do you have a favorite song i mean it's all just so dense <laughs> It's a lot of stuff, and I feel like if I've seen it performed and I haven't, and people are like, why is she doing this podcast? But <laughs> I, I I feel like they're all really great in different ways because they all have sections that are really impressive, uh, and you can't really, like, pick one because there are parts of different ones that are really catchy, like you said earlier. And then there, you know, are parts that are really like impressive on just like a vocal 
gymnastics type of level, like that really fast draft that you mentioned in Guns and Ships is like, what? Um, so all of it is just, I think, still really surprising, too, because it's not like it's not like this is a typical musical. I think nobody else has had seven years to put this kind of craftsmanship into something again, right? So no one's really like caught up. <laughs> is there anything even like comparable to this? That isn't by Manuel Miranda. I don't know. I can't, I don't, I don't. Terry oh, Gilliam man. trying to do Don Quixote. Uh, man, I don't think so. That's why that's why it still kind of sticks out so much is because there really isn't or else I'm missing something. I mean, it's even got it's there's even stuff to spare left over from the show. Ham drops. Are you going to like the is that what it's called? Like the extra songs and sort of the Hamel drops. Hamel drops. Yeah, ham drops. Uh -huh. Ham drops sounds there's the Hamel drops and the Hamilton mixtape, which we still like need to get into. Uh -huh. We're getting into all of it. <laughs> like, mm, let's season that with some ham drops. Hamel drops. Uh, I, I know one of the Hamel drops was the Ben Franklin song by the Decemberists that was ultimately cut from the show. I guess because Lynn couldn't find a way to make Ben Franklin a character. <laughs> going on. So he was like, Ben Franklin, you're too much. I feel like Ben Franklin is his own show. Yeah, I mean, there is a reference in um, <laughs> Satisfied with the Key and the Kite. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ben Franklin is the, is the one that didn't get his moment, but... Well, because he would have taken over the entire show if you listen to the <laughs> lyrics of that song. Too much spotlight, honestly. Ben Franklin is too interesting. That guy was wild. Where's that show, Lynn? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only like kind of chill parts of the actual musical are when Jonathan Groff shows up to be the King of England. It's like your your time to like catch a breath. If you had Ben Franklin in that Burn. show. Yeah, Burns kind of chill. But Ben Franklin would just like he would have like destroyed everything, like especially the yeah. way he wanted to make him with yeah. his uh do you know who the fuck I am over and mm -hmm. over again. Too much swagger. I've, and I think the show is already so breathless in a way. Like you said, there isn't really a lot of chance to pause and only being familiar with the soundtrack and the music. There's There aren't a lot of pauses. <laughs> it's high intensity. We didn't mm -hmm. need Yeah, so with the Ben Franklin song, I think he wrote the lyrics, but he didn't write the music for it. And so then he uh, had Colin Malloy and, and company uh, make it into a December song. Right. It's since become sort of a um, a popular song that December's fans want to hear live. Yeah, I've seen them play it live during like an encore. Again, testament to and power of uh, this show and mm -hmm. its cultural impact and mark because that will are also, I think that there's a lot of overlap between like history nerds that love Hamilton and history nerds that like the Decemberists. Big overlap on that Venn diagram. So you got you got a really high chance of the same fans being at the shows. And I think he just joined them on stage, I think a few months ago in like Central Park or something to sing it. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. So uh, what are some of your... So when he announced the Hamel drops, well, maybe we should do the mixtape first. We'll go chronologically. Because the, the mixtape came out in 2017. It was announced in 2016. And then Hamel drops was 2018. I mean, like, that's... First, that is such a... I don't know. It's It's the musical that just kept giving. You know, like, oh, we've got extra mm -hmm. material and we're doing this other music project with like, you know, popular, popular musicians. Um, so what, what was your reaction when, you know, they announced they were going to do this mixtape? I wanted to see who was going to be on there first, because I'm like um, a purist at, at heart. And so I just kind of interested in see where it was going to go. So that was my 
my initial reaction. And then I uh, saw, then I just started kind of listening to it. I still listen to the, the original soundtrack, but there are some songs on there I really like. Yeah, it seemed like it's not, it doesn't feel like a cash grab. Like, I think, you know, like sometimes like a Disney, like like Frozen will do well, and then they'll do like an album of like covers of like Let It Go and stuff, and it just feels kind of soulless and you can just feel them trying to take the money out of your pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't feel like that. It feels like he had a lot of input, you know, all the people that are on it, like you can tell that they love the original musical. Like you, you mm-hmm. kind of feel that connection. Yeah. I think um, the, I don't, I think that's more because of how, of, of who Lin-Manuel Miranda is. He, he seems like the type of person that would want to have like his hands on a lot of the stuff with Hamilton because it seems like that Hamilton's like his baby and things like that. So that, that's at least that's my uh, opinion of it. And what, what are some of your favorite songs from the mixtape? Um, let me think. Um, oh, I liked Usher's cover of Wait For It. I think he has the, a, a, um, a similar voice to um, Leslie Odom Jr., so that worked. Yeah, he's kind of a natural fit for that song. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're looking for with something like this? Because I know I look for this with cover songs sometimes. Is It's somebody that like suits the original singer's kind of like vocal range or tone or something, or you just want like a wildly new interpretation. But I feel mm-hmm. like a wildly new interpretation or tempo or something would be weird for this. You kind of like want to be faithful to it, but not. On that one, uh, yeah, uh, probably on on some of them, it would be a little weird. I also like the, um, oh, this one, I forgot about this one, just uh came to my uh, brain dear, the dear the uh, can't talk dear Theodosia with Regina Spector and uh, Ben Folds from Ben Folds 5 because I like uh, Re- um, Regina Spector's voice and that one suited that and that one was actually uh, completely different like you mentioned yeah, that's cool. I I can't I can imagine that actually. It seems like a, a cool pairing. Yeah, that's yeah. my wife's favorite song from the mixtape. Oh I think, wow! I think she prefers that too. The original. They do a really nice job of harmonizing, Regina and Ben. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We've been talking about Ben Folds a lot on this podcast lately. Ben Folds, come in our podcast. I love you. Um, but like even like people that I don't necessarily care for like i think they're used well on this like on the my shot rise up remix nate from the format and fun he has a vocal thing in here but like they use him in the right way so it doesn't bother me and he's not singing about how he's still young oh okay yeah yeah yeah. i had to say i was like oh yeah 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 are fun still a band or are they no, like... I, I think he I think he took some song that he was supposed to save for them and then he secretly put out a solo album and there's some bad blood, but I don't think... And I think Jack oh. Antonoff is like, well, I, I really don't need the two of you holding me back. Mm, no fun. He's busy enough. Mm-hmm. Fun stopped being fun. Yeah, the fun <laughs> stops. I will agree that the musical is better just like on a normal day but i do every now like i think the mixtape is fun like when you're like at the gym or something because you got kind of like more hip-hop beats going on um you know and then they did the uh they released the single that immigrants we get the job done which has like riz ahmed rapping on it yeah i i vaguely remember that one but i think it it, that one seemed a little bit disjointed to me. Yeah, I, I think that why. one was built off of just kind of that one line and like a little mm-hmm. bit of score, but it's mostly just kind of a a, a beat. 
But, um, you know, this was before everyone knew Riz Ahmed as, like, the serious actor. And he was still yeah. kind of known as... It's so wild how a song lyric, like, Immigrants, We Get the Job Done, has sort of been taken up as this, like, call to action. I think that's really cool that there are lyrical mm-hmm. moments throughout this, that, and, you mm-hmm. know, Young, Crabby, and Hungry, just like my country. Even if you're not intimately familiar with the show that's cultural impact that's i mean that's a legacy that this show has that a lot of things just don't yeah because i think and this goes back to a lot of the uh references there's a lot of like uh, motifs throughout the show and that's um and a lot of just things that are just so easy to reference and things that he um uses through a, a lot throughout um the the songs and stuff that you can either uh, uh connect through this his musical here and then also uh into the heights as well that's the miranda verse right the connections and that's mm-hmm. kind of a and that's kind of a hip-hop trick too like a lot of rappers yeah. will you know start like throwing in like kind of like a catchphrase line when they like guest on other yep. people's songs and it kind of builds up into being like a thing and then yeah uh-huh because he's really into like hip-hop and so as you were as as you mentioned the immigrants we get the job done that he mentions something very similar in in the heights and then also the the my name is alexander hamilton that's also another like big thing in like you mentioned rap. That's like a big rap motif. Every rapper is always like, "Oh, I gotta be like um doing the call out of my name and stuff like that." And then you can even go into more specific rap reference and and stuff like that. Like if you're if you had like all day <laughs> on on with Hamilton, you could just like go through each song and just pick out like so many. Uh, motifs and and rap references and and like you were saying with the uh, Miranda verse like a lot there's so much you could have a field day with it to be honest yeah and I mean the amount of stars that have come out of this show mm-hmm. um, like you know I was saying you know Josh Gad kind of came out of you know the Book of Mormon but like you know outside of Lynn who is you know writing music for Disney and directing movies for Netflix, you know, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. As you, as we mentioned, you know, he's been in movies and TV shows. He was in, um, was it One Night in Miami? Is that the name of the movie? He was Sam uh, Cooke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he, I think Sam he, play? he played uh, Sam Cooke, right? He played, yeah, yeah, Sam Cooke. Yeah. And then now he's doing a guest spot on uh, Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. And then David Diggs and. Um, well, just basically a lot. There's a lot, and then some people were kind of known before, but they that made their name higher, like right, more famous. And so there's a lot. Yeah, like David Diggs did a movie after this that he mm-hmm. co-wrote. Um, you know, Renee Elise Goldsberry, she's on a mm-hmm. Girls Five Eva on on uh on Peacock, uh, and, Peacock. and and, yeah. and she was also in She Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then um, get that um, Marvel money. Got, um, I'm blanking out on names, but uh, he played John Lawrence, and oh man, I, I'm not good with names. But yeah, I mean, literally, just everybody. Literally, if you just set the entire original cast, would be just is literally the entire original cast is a household name now. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even um. My wife told me this, Adrian DeBose from uh, West Side Story. I think she was a dancer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. she, see, that's the thing I want, I forgot to mention. She played uh, the bullet. That is big in uh, Hamilton lore. Because, um, do you know about the bullet character in Hamilton? From the duels? Uh, well, Okay, it's like, uh, this is really going into, um, like, Hamilton lore. Um, it kind of starts from the beginning of the film, but um, it's a character 
It's more like a um, like a silent character, but it, it's basically um, a character that interacts with every cast member that dies. And it is you can it's kind of you can just kind of go like look it up on YouTube. But it's a it's a character, and it, she played it like a long time ago. But they kind of switch it out um, by different people, and it's a, it's also played in like kind of like a figurative dance way. But it's a character that interacts with every person in a um, way before they die, and so it'll be easy. It's, I'm not explaining it in the best way, but if you look it up, then you can see. And it's in it's a it's a very creative way to. Um, put into the play uh, how to foreshadow when a character will die. And so if you look at significant plot points in Hamilton, like right before um, Philip Schuyler dies, he interacts with uh, the bullet character. And you can probably see it more so in the uh, Hamilton on Disney too. Uh, her character interacts with Philip Schuyler right before he goes off to um, the duel and and winds up dead at 19. And how how you see her character there, he's flirting with death. So I know it's a little kind of morbid, but it is in there. And then I, it's various... Uh, I guess there's like various ways you can see it. So it's there. And then also another significant uh, way to see it would be, oh man, I'm trying to find another way. I know that's, a, it's, it's you'll, you'll just know it in different plot points and that you'll notice that her character is there and it's always right before someone dies, including Hamilton himself. So yeah, that's really big in Hamilton lore. It's kind of, if you're not really like into Hamilton lore, you won't notice, but yeah, she, that's who, um, uh, she played. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So to go back to why it took Lin-Manuel Miranda so many years to create Hamilton, uh, while he was putting the finishing touches on Hamilton before, you know, he presented it on Off-Broadway, he was writing songs for Moana. Mm-hmm. So even before Hamilton became this huge phenomenon, Disney had already caught on to the songwriting talents of Lin-Manuel Miranda. So he was already writing songs from Moana while also writing Hamilton. Mm, that's interesting because I feel like most people assume that Hamilton was his big breakthrough and then Disney came calling. But sounds like he was already a busy dude. Mm, yeah, uh... Do you guys have a favorite Moana song? Do I have a favorite song or does my daughter have a favorite Moana song? I was going to say, like, we both have kids. So I feel like it defaults to the kids' favorite of something. Yeah, th so this is why I say that I'm knee-deep in the Miranda verses. <laughs> For one, my, my, so my wife obviously loves Hamilton and she loved In the Heights and stuff, so she was already a fan. But my three-year-old daughter who... If I were to say, this song is a Lin-Manuel Miranda song, she'd say, who's that? Um, <laughs> but she loves Encanto and she loves Moana. And um, like she likes Frozen, but it's been like Moana nonstop for like the last couple months. So she's clearly drawn to his music, even though she doesn't really know who he is. Mm -hmm. So she is a big fan of, let's see... She likes We Know the Way and obviously How how Far I'll Go. Mm. I think those are the two big ones. But I mean, she loves all of them, like Where 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 You Are and You're Welcome. And then all the different versions of How Far I'll Go, because that's kind of like the theme of the movie. She loves all of them. Maybe not so much Shiny, the Jemaine Clement song, but... You know. Rude. <laughs> Can't win them all. Yeah, but she she kind of loves all of all of them. 
And uh, for him to kind of toggle back between Hamilton mode and Moana mode is kind of crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, it just is like it's it's kind of a testament to how how great of a songwriter he is. It really is because those are two completely different worlds. Completely different. Prolific too, because that is a huge Mm -hmm. body of work to produce. Mm-hmm. Even over the course of years, he is really prolific. The stuff that he has been able to generate is astounding to me. That's just such a huge volume of music. Yeah, because it's just like, though. First of all, I, I'm just trying to like process like how can you like go back like back and forth and back and forth because I'm like trying to think of like some of the bands I listen to. Like, there's a band that I really, well, there's an artist, I should say, there's an artist I really like, because I'm trying to think, he sort of does something very similar, where he goes from, like, punk to, like, EDM, but this is, like, a whole nother level, like, that's that's insane, to kind of go from, like, Disney, this is kind of kids' world, and then, boom, back to Hamilton, where it's just, like, where, where it's straight hip-hop, and... Broadway, hip hop. So, yeah, that's something I didn't know, though. I will be honest on that. I didn't know that was around the same time. Yeah, because I know Moana came out in 2016, but obviously with like an animated film that's got a bunch of songs in it, it's going to take a while to get that going. Mm-hmm. And he had, I guess, some of the uh, people in the Hamilton cast help him like demo songs. So, you know, Christopher. Well, I mean, Christopher Jackson is actually in the movie, but like Philippa Sue, yeah, yeah, Renee Elise Goldberry, um, helped him record some demos. But yeah, just to, I mean, he's, I guess, like with Encanto, like you know, he's Puerto Rican, so it's like, all right, like he kind of understands like Latin music a little bit. Um, maybe not Colombian music, but you know. I don't. I guess I felt like there was like some sort of cultural connection, but with like Moana, you know, he's not Samoan or Hawaiian, and he definitely is able to pick up the vibe where you don't feel like he's faking it. Yeah, I like that about his songwriting. I feel like you don't feel like he's faking the funk. It always feels pretty genuine. It never feels like, well, this is a paycheck movie for me. You can tell he puts a lot into his songcraft. I guess because he's so passionate. See, but that's the thing. If you're passionate about something, then it's probably fun for him. So he can probably you can probably just put him anywhere and he'll be like, I can write a song about it. Yeah, even on his honeymoon. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, I would have heard that. That was so crazy. I'm sure so, it doesn't hurt yeah. that Disney is sending him to tropical paradises to like you know, get inspired, like, oh, go to New Zealand and work on these Moana songs. Oh, why don't you go to mm-hmm. Colombia and get inspired for Encanto? Like, I'm sure it doesn't hurt that it's like, oh, you want to go to, like, a really beautiful country with great weather? Yeah, it sounds rough. Yeah, very, very tough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I'd always assume that his working relationship was with Disney was a lot later because uh wait when did um mary poppins come out again because that's the one i i remember seeing first 2018 okay and that's because i looked it up i didn't know it off the top of my head (laughs) (laughs) have you seen that one mary poppins yeah i i don't think he's the problem with that movie i i just thought it was like fan service It was it was okay. Obviously, nothing's ever going to be as good as the original because that's just so hard to live up to. But um, I think he did what he needed to do in that one. So yeah, I I can't point at anything wrong with that movie. I just thought it was just okay. Yeah, I think um, for a lot of people. It's just, it's so hard to kind of live up to the original and because the original is just kind of stuck in everybody's heads and it's just a classic, so. 
yeah, I think yeah. that was what it was like for probably maybe a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, kudos to Emily Blunt to live mm -hmm. up to Julie Andrews. Like, I thought she did a good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been avoiding some of the more recent Disney live action films for that exact reason that I can't figure out why. Well, I mean, other than like a blatant cash grab, like why they need to be put forth into existence. Um, that new Pinocchio movie is a really great example of something that I saw, had an immediate bad reaction to, and then said nope to forever. Was that Disney though? I don't think I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I is. Oh, so not the. Uh, so okay. there are multiple Pinocchio movies. So I should clarify: not the Guillermo yeah. Pinocchio, the Pinocchio that they remade from the Disney you movie. Tom Hanks? Yeah, then there's a, another one with Guillermo, Hanks, but no Guillermo del Toro is the one Geppetto. that's good. Yeah, and then so there's the, a bad one. The, right, there's a good one and a bad one. So the Guillermo del Toro adaptation is cool, looks dark and cool, and very much like in his directorial style. Mm -hmm. But a little bit before that, Disney, yeah, that, yeah, that one, their Pinocchio live action with Tom Hanks, Hanks as Geppetto, Hanks. and it just looks so wrong. Mm. Hanks, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have yet to see the uh, the Guillermo del Toro one, but I did see the Disney one. It was just the ending too was just odd. The ending too was like, did they die or they just walked off into the sunset? Oh no. It was a weird ending too. I don't know if I want to know. Should have gotten Lynn involved. Maybe it would have been better. At this point, like there's nothing he can do wrong. <laughs> I didn't see Tick Tick Boom, but everyone seems to really like that movie. Yeah. How was it? Other than Andrew Garfield is amazing in it. Um, so shall we talk about the Hamilton polka? <laughs> Poor Brittany's like, why? Why would we talk about that when we have all this really great music to talk about when we talk about Weird Al? Although I can't disparage but, Weird Al. I love Weird Al. He liked it a lot. Um, yeah. So uh, if Miranda loved it, then what can I say? Yeah, he was he was geeking out at the fact that he got Weird Al mm -hmm. to do a Hamilton polka. Well, it's a compliment. It's the highest form of praise if Weird Al wants to parody you in any fashion mm -hmm. speaking of nerds who love nerds right like of course of course he <laughs> loves weird al that's really what the mirandaverse is right it's just really it's just a giant universe of interconnected nerds which is awesome yep. yeah i mean I to write a whole musical about u.s history like you had to get some practice by listening to some weird al parodies <laughs> yeah for sure like we all did you know, at one point, just most yeah. of us didn't grow up to do anything this um, amazing. But it's fun. It's a it's a fun polka. <laughs> I was like Nicole, if you don't, if if you're yeah, if you're running fun. short on time, just listen to the Hamilton polka because you'll get all the songs. Yeah, that was Ryan's solution. Ryan's solve was if you need a refresher, you know, just listen to the Weird Al Hamilton polka. Then you're gonna you're gonna be right there. You weren't entirely wrong. It did make me want to kind of like hoist a giant mug of well, beer I mean, or something, as you should do the chicken dance it was great uh one of my favorite videos during the pandemic was uh the roots and the cast of hamilton doing helpless on like like normal things that you have around the house have, have you seen that video on the net it was a tonight show thing. oh it's one of it's one of the tonight show oh, segments yeah i think yeah i think i've seen that yeah i think i've seen that one there's so many though yeah. Like I've I've gone down like a Hamilton rabbit hole, so <laughs> it's bad. Oh, and, I bet. and TikTok is another one. Yeah, have you seen the um one of my favorite Hamilton TikToks is where I I don't remember his his username, but um he does Hamilton in a minute. So it's essentially the entire Hamilton soundtrack and musical in like the span of a minute and it's pretty it's pretty funny. How? I don't know how he does it, to be honest, but he does it, and it's in one minute. It's all the songs, and he plays with different characters, and he changes, like, a, the hat. He changes hats and voices and everything, and it's just, like, how does he do it in a minute? And he does it in a minute. I feel like you could hurt yourself. 
I don't know. Some people people are really creative on TikTok, especially yeah. when it comes to Hamilton and the Hamilton TikTok. They post a lot, post a lot of behind the scenes stuff and can tell you about different Broadway terms and how the actors get prepared. So that's one of the reasons why I do stay on TikTok or, you know, because it's not the greatest, but Hamilton, the Hamilton TikTok is great. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I don't have a TikTok account. I usually get my TikTok through when Nicole sends me through Instagram. Oh, yeah. You get your TikTok on Instagram like a real adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They always talk about, this is how you know you are, you are an adult. You see all your TikToks two weeks late on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, it's really sad. I follow a bunch of like curated Instagram accounts that are just finding TikToks for me. So I don't have to find them myself because I'm too lazy. Nicole, why didn't you mention that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is in the Weird Al movie? Oh, yeah, he is in the Weird Al movie. Oh, he is? Uh, so they must be buds. Why would they not be? I feel like everyone's buds with Lin-Manuel Miranda. That is true. And, and I feel like it's just impossible to not want to be friends with Weird Al. So if that opportunity presents itself, like, of course, instant friendship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? So it looks like his next project is working on this live-action Little Mermaid. Oh, mm, is I'm he doing about that? Really? He's doing the songs for that? co-composer and co-producer okay so begs the question is he adding some songs then is that what we're doing we're going to add some songs to the original soundtrack score of little Mermaid. i think so i mean david diggs is going to be in it i think so because they still have the original because i saw the trailer and the trailers the um actress um Hallie Hallie Bailey playing mm -hmm. her is still singing the old like the the big the big song and they I think the other songs are still there so it's part probably of your world new... yeah uh -huh. thank you um so I think it's probably going to be new songs along with like the favorites I I have the official word through Wikipedia um so he actually worked with Alan Menken, mm -hmm. who wrote who wrote the original stuff. Uh, who wrote the original songs with Howard Ashman, mm -hmm. who has since passed mm -hmm. away. Um, so Miranda wrote four new songs oh, wow. for the film with Menken, and then um, the new songs would be a blend of their styles. Oh. Four new songs! Wow, it's going to be a long That's, little yeah. movie. So it's, it'll, it'll feel, it'll have his flair, but he worked with Alan Menken on it. So I don't think it's going to take a total, um, Miranda turn though. I think there will be some rapping and David Diggs and Aquafina are both in the cast and they both know how to rap. So there you go. Oh, I feel yeah, like that yeah, kinda, yeah. You're right. And I feel like that kind of maybe tips it a little bit, tipping their hand with that casting. There's no way they can't waste that. Why would they waste that? I mean, David Dix can act without rapping. True, but if they're going to add talented. four more he was great songs, on Kimmy Schmidt. I want to see that. It, yeah, yeah, but wait, who do you know who Aquafina is playing in there? What character? She's really funny. Aquafina is Scuttle. No, she's, she's the bird. Not. Oh wow! Okay. David digs is Sebastian, and he's gonna rap as a crab. <laughs> okay, oh my God, that's okay. That's like perfect casting. I'm sorry. I want this. It I really want this is. But I want like David digs, like not as I don't know. I there's something about his presence which is just so like joyful, joyful. Before we continue with our episode, here's a word from our sponsor. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. 
what if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. Do you think they're ever going to turn this into like a movie movie? Like I know they have the Disney Plus filmed performance. Do you think they're going to turn this into a movie and is it going to be any good? That's a great question. Like what's the forecast for that? What's your answer, Brittany? And do you um, want it? What? Oh, man. Uh, hmm. they, I don't know, because I know when they did the, when he sent it to Disney, it was a buyout, so I don't know. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there could be, but I my, my opinion would be, it would have to really outdo the Disney version, and then it would also have to be the same original cast. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's kind of go, uh, kind of grown to really know that that is like Hamilton, Hamilton. So my yeah. opinion would, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm right now. I'm, I'm, I'm a hard maybe no, right now. That's my opinion. I think because of it just being on Disney and everybody's just kind of going off and doing their own thing. So I guess right now I, I'm, I'm no. I'd agree Ryan, with that. I don't. Think? I I don't want. I don't want another rent situation. Oh yeah. And Disney did such a, a really good job of um, capturing it in a way that you can still feel that it's a, a actual Broadway play, but then also see another side of uh, of the play where. You get to see like the little intricacies and things that you may not be able to see if you're at the play, especially if you're in like the back and things like that. So I think they did a really brilliant job. I agree. I really enjoyed the uh, Disney Plus performance because I didn't get to see the original cast. Yeah, and I I think that's why it was great, right? Because as you said, most people didn't get to see the original cast because it blew Mm -hmm. up so quickly. So seemingly overnight, you know, nobody could afford it anymore and it was too popular. Um, I think Disney's going to do it. I don't think it's going to happen now. I think they're going to do it. Um, I think people will definitely have opinions on it. Uh, Especially with Broadway stuff, it's hard to adapt certain shows. This seems difficult to adapt to like a lame-is type of setting, right? Where you have um, more sets and, and production and cinematography and all of those things. And I think it would be weird, but my prediction is that it's going to happen. So Disney well, we 2030. Hope that you're wrong. <laughs> Disney 2030. I'm sure anybody that cares about Hamilton hopes that that does not come to pass. But we know how Disney is. Also, mm-hmm. uh, a fun fact about Lynn is his cousin just uh, completed his rookie season as a Major League Baseball player for the Minnesota Twins. What is his family? What? Why are they all so talented? Talented. <laughs> and I think his cousin's like a good half foot taller than. <laughs> and he's pretty good, but he's like half a foot taller than Lynn. Well, that helps. Lynn doesn't have a baseball player's body. <laughs> oh no! I'm not, I'm not trashing the man. That's just how it is. He's he's, he's got a he's got a dancer's body. He's a Broadway. He's a Broadway star. But anyways, uh, thank you for coming on our podcast, Brittany. No, it was fun. It was great to talk about Hamilton with other people that won't get mad at me because I've gone off the <laughs> Never. Thank you for sharing your love for Hamilton. Masses. Yeah, thank you for letting us bring up the Weird Al polka and the Decemberist Ben Franklin song. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what? I didn't know about that one, so I have to go look that one up. Cause you know, I'm I'm not a big Decemberist fan, so that one I'm gonna have to add to my playlist. It's fun. It's whimsical. 
I like whimsical. Um, so if people want to follow you on social media, um, how can they find you? Um, on I may, I'm mainly on Twitter and Instagram, and it's uh, at the Brittany W. And um, that would be at at T H E B R I T T N E Y and then W. So just my name. And they can find you at the Reclusive Blogger as well. Yeah. And that's the because that's the reclusiveblogger.com. And you have mm-hmm. a podcast where people can find pretty much wherever they can find this podcast. Yep. And that would be the Reclusive Blogger uh, interviews. Very cool. And you can find us on Instagram at SoundtrackCast and on Twitter at Soundtrack underscore your. And on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Soundtrack Your Life. But uh, thank you again, Brittany. And um, Oh, thank you. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun too. Thanks for joining us this week on Soundtrack Your Life. Make sure to visit our website, SoundtrackYourLife.net, where you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too.